Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Medic Mornings. I'm your host Fiona and today I'm going to be talking about gap years and gap year jobs in general. So I have a job, right? I have a job working for MedEntry, um, a UCAT company, but also I have had so many jobs I wanted to do. Like I wanted to be a swimming instructor. I wanted to work at Starbucks. I wanted to do all these little things, but I know a lot of you are thinking of gap years, right? Because a lot of you might not have achieved your uh, offers. You haven't received an offer yet. So you might be really considering a gap year seriously. So I'm just going to be talking about all the different options um, that you could choose from. And yeah, honestly, a gap year is such an amazing way to save up and save your money because in uni, you might not have enough time to work. So you're probably only going to be working on the weekends and even like some a lot of medical students are struggling to like balance that work and schooling so I am really like terrified (laughs) I'm really terrified of starting medical school because I'm just like there might be so much like school work that I'm not able to work on the weekends and there's all that pressure on me right now to make as much money as I can to suffice for the next five years (laughs) but honestly a gap year is so amazing to really save up um so you have less pressure on yourself on first and second years so like food rent all that stuff is covered well so without further ado let's get started so the ideal job for people who don't already have an offer for medical school and are reapplying during their gap year is to find a job that is within the NHS or within like the medical field so you can kind of incorporate that into your application do you do you know what I mean like you can um, talk to your interviewer about your experience at a pharmacy or you can talk about your experience as a GP receptionist or something so I'm just going to go through these jobs um, that are more catered towards healthcare professions so the first the first healthcare related job that I would really recommend is a healthcare assistant. And okay, so this is on the NHS website. Healthcare assistants help patients shower, they help people eat, they make the beds and use equipment to lift and move patients, they talk to patients and reassure them, um, they help patients to use a toilet, tidy the wards, um, and take patients' temperatures and attend meeting with other healthcare professionals. Um, you will either work in an NHS or a private hospital as well as uh, the patient's home and at a care home or a hospice and you'll need to wear a uniform. Okay, so what a healthcare assistant role requires um, is just like GCSEs and good literacy and numeracy. Obviously, this differs because I feel like right now there's like a lot of jobs, but employers are getting like much pickier so I think in terms of medical school applicants you actually have a leg up because most medical school applicants are super rigorous and super diligent and academically inclined so I feel like you'd have a leg up because you have good GCSEs in that sense most applicants have good GCSEs and most applicants do have higher than um, the standard fours in GCSE English and maths. 
But yeah, that's all that really is required for healthcare assistance. Um, most of these jobs are learn as you go, you know, so it's not like you need to attend a course or like an apprenticeship. By the way, apprenticeships, you shouldn't take them because once you apply onto an apprenticeship, that would be your uh, further education or higher education. I don't remember. So you wouldn't be able to say medical school is your first um, first like degree because you're already on an apprenticeship. So make sure not to sign on to any like one year apprenticeships or any vocational courses. Make sure that you apply directly to the role, um, to the job on the NHS website or wherever you're applying from and yeah just like learn on the job and and you get paid as well so I think that's much better um, than volunteering in that sense. The next the next job that you could get as a gap year student is to be a phlebotomist. Now phlebotomists collect blood samples from patients and send them off for analysis and testing. Um, I actually really wanted to be a phlebotomist because I was like, oh my gosh, you like junior doctors, they have to like take bloods all the time. So I was like, why, why not like start now? You know, I get to have that experience um, under my arm and I also get to work as a phlebotomist on the side um, on the weekend. And I feel like it would be a good practice and good experience overall. And something good to talk about is that you get to like work on your manual dexterity and you really get to be hands-on with the patients and experience one aspect of being a doctor um okay so on the nhs website it says that you can get this job through four ways a college course a college course is like a level two or level three diploma and this is what you don't want to do because you already have taken um a levels so this is like a college equivalent um which is not what you want to do an apprenticeship I've already talked about not taking an apprenticeship because these are intermediate apprenticeships so there would be different pathways uh, and they would find this out when you're applying to medical school and um, a lot of the time it can mess with your application a little bit because then medical school wouldn't be your first degree so yeah make sure not to or look into it more carefully because I'm actually not quite sure but yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't take an apprenticeship during my gap year which would only just be one year the next thing is that you could also apply directly to work as a phlebotomist there are no set requirements although at least two GCSEs and a first aid certificate so this is basically like you just working um, learning on the job learning as you go um, you'll probably work under like a senior phlebotomist and you'll just watch, learn, do it yourself. So yeah, there aren't any like A-level uh, like requirements. It's mainly just GCSEs. So I think that most medical applicants would have a leg up in that sense that you would have higher GCSEs than the standard four and five. Okay, so the next job that I wanted to talk about is being a pharmacy assistant. Okay, so pharmacy assistants help pharmacists and pharmacy technicians order, prepare, and dispense medicines. So you can either work in like a community or a clinic. So community, I think, is like those um, Tesco or Asda or like uh, like Lloyd's Pharmacy or something. But then clinic is when you work like in the GP. So yeah. I think I'm pulling shit out of my ass, but I actually 
think that's true. <laughs> there are no set entry requirements to be a pharmacy assistant, but most employers will expect good literacy, numeracy, and IT skills. So it doesn't specify you having to have like a GCSE four and above um, in English and maths, but it is implied in this uh, website. And yeah, you could undertake further training to become a pharmacy technician. And yeah, I feel like that would be so interesting because you get to really understand uh, like the sciences behind medicines. You get to interact with patients. You get to like really work with medicine firsthand. And I feel like that would be a great first job for me. The next job is a GP receptionist. So I actually um, I actually have a really funny story because I remember I was um, asking a few GPs if I could shadow them for a day and actually one of the GPs that I contacted was really rude about it they were quite um they were quite like closed off and uptight um, I remember them emailing me going like being a GP receptionist is really difficult and I feel like you're undermining like what it actually takes like it takes a lot and a lot of training but I actually just wanted to shadow the GP so I, w I was just very very confused but looking into it further you actually don't require um much prior training uh they don't have any high entry requirements it's just good literacy numeracy and IT skills so GCSE is just four for English and maths above and yeah, again, for all medical school applicants, I feel like that's quite attainable. And like already since the caliber of um, medical applicants are already so high, I think that this would be a good first job for a lot of you. So being a GP receptionist, you all know, is just dealing with telephone queries, um, acting, liaising with doctors and nurses, um, filing medical records honestly out of all the uh, jobs that i mentioned so far like healthcare assistant phlebotomist pharmacy um, assistant i feel like i would hate gp receptionist the most honestly because the amount of shit that gp receptionists have to take um a lot of the time it's really really incredibly difficult especially since you're dealing with so many patients that i remember like just being at a GP and so many patients just shouting at the receptionist and they just have to like take it <laughs> and ask you to like line up and yeah like whenever the phones open at 8 a.m and 2 p.m yeah I think 8 a.m and 2 p.m it's just a whole wreck so that's what I wouldn't want to be but I do agree that being a GP receptionist during your gap year is such an like invaluable experience because you really get to see the entire multidisciplinary team so you get to see GPs you get to see nurses and pharmacists and healthcare assistants as well and you get to see a really wide variety of patients um, you get to deal with like prescriptions and you can also talk about how you appreciate the admin and clerical work which might be a bit more like mundane a bit more um monotonous but you get to also appreciate that and talk about that in your interviews for your actual gap year okay so the next one i wanted to talk about is care home assistance so care home assistance um you have to 
just work in a hospice. Um, you have to have excellent patient skills, people skills. Um, you help vulnerable people manage their daily activities and live as independently as possible. Um, salary wise, these are actually pretty much all the same, like pretty similar in terms of salary. So 18,000 pounds a year to maybe 22,000. Um, and obviously that can increase as you get more experience but honestly I think that the best way I would have approached it is to choose a job that I could bring on to med school and is like locum shift so you can just like it's not on a it's not on an annual salary so it's just like hourly um, check-in check-out and then you can pick what shifts you're, you you want to take and I think that's the way I would have gone at it um is to choose one that I can take on to medical school and also continue pursuing while I'm studying on the weekends as well so yeah care home assistance there are no entry requirements again so all of these have in common is that they don't really require um any high level of GCSEs so definitely not as difficult as medical school where you require like sevens and nines for GCSE math and English these really only require like a good level so good meaning over four over fives for GCSE English and maths um a lot of the time they do require qualifications but again if you apply directly to the company um then I think that would be okay because they definitely take each person holistically so they would see that you're on a gap year and you're trying to find a job that you can also get experience from for your application so yeah those are the requirements for a care home assistant now i'm going to the careers that i actually personally wanted to do and i'll explain why um so i remember i really wanted to work at starbucks just because you get like free coffee or something but actually the salary for starbucks is actually not that bad um it's i think 12 pounds an hour or four, fifth, 14 14 pounds an hour i also really wanted to be a swimming instructor so if you're good at swimming if you can swim all you need to do is take a course that's 200 pounds i think but swimming instructors are actually um, paid quite highly on average. They're paid um, 14 pounds per hour, but a lot of places pay 18 to 20 pounds an hour. So if you can swim and you don't mind working with children, working with adults, then that's definitely a job that you can take as well. I also wanted to be a ballet teacher, but I think that required a lot more training. So like three years of training. Um, so that was definitely not something that I wanted to do during my singular gap year. <laughs> but yeah, currently I work at MedEntry. So I just work like wherever they want me on the social media side, as well as um, making sure that their videos and MedEntry's interface is going smoothly and yeah that's basically all I have today um, some further words of advice is that I really really highly discourage you from pursuing one of those um, overseas work so we've all heard a lot about going overseas working as an au pair au pair, au pair? 
over uh, to like babysit children in exchange for housing and in exchange for like food and rent and stuff. But I really highly discourage that because again, there's a lot of visa work involved and a lot of the time working like, I don't know, I think there was like farming in exchange for um, like one night stay in Australia. I feel like a lot of the time that's just a lot of time wasted and I feel like um, working overseas a lot of the time you are bound to your visa contract and that is personally not something that I would want to do. Um, Also in terms of volunteering um, overseas like paying £2,000 or £3,000 just to go to like South Africa or go to Australia or Indonesia to help children and help animals um, that's definitely not something that you should do as well because there are a lot of ethical and welfare issues involved in that um, especially when working with children as an underqualified um, gap year student so that is definitely something that you should consider before taking these volunteering and work opportunities overseas I don't have a huge amount of knowledge on overseas jobs but think about it this way working overseas requires a visa application you also require flight tickets and a lot of the time you also have to pay for your own accommodation your own rent and your own food and a lot of other factors as well like flu jabs and different things that are required when you're working overseas so like insurance as well I think medical insurance um, is not covered a lot of the time. So before you work overseas, just make sure to put these factors into consideration so you don't waste a lot of your time and you don't waste a lot of your own money um, and make sure that you are actually benefiting from it financially instead of <laughs> instead of um, just paying a shitload of money under the premise that you are working. So yeah. A lot of the time I feel like it's you don't actually gain as much financially from it if you work overseas because there are so many different um, things you have to pay for yourself and a lot of the time your salary doesn't even cover that. So yeah, I personally wouldn't but if financial gain is not something that you're worried about then by all means go do it but I'm just putting this out there so a lot of people can kind of learn and do the, do your own research as well so yeah that's all I have for today I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope you found it useful um, bear in mind that these are all my own opinions and I've found all of this research on the NHS government website so if you have any questions just make sure to uh, check the website and do your own research into it and honestly at the end of the day finding a job is not that difficult I feel like even though the job market is so saturated a lot of the time um, these opportunities are just right under your nose so all you do is go find it approach hospitals and approach small clinics and ask if they need a helping hand so it's really about connections and finding local opportunities in your own area Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to give it a rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening it from. And also make sure to follow me on Instagram at Medic Mornings and at Med by Theo. Um, and yeah, 
Thank you so much and see you next time. Bye bye.